Hello and welcome to Newspeak, the New Culture Forum's weekly look at the news agenda. As usual, I'm joined by these two handsome fellows here, our senior fellows Rafe Hadelman Koo, historian and world commentator, and Dr. Philip Kisley from Leeds University. Good to see you again. Um, obviously, uh, the week's news is still dominated by what's been happening on our streets in relation to uh, Israel. But there have, of course, been a few other aspects of news that have managed to, you know, pop their heads through. Uh, we're going to be talking, for example, about a report that came out this week showing that, in fact, uh, hate crimes against white people were, in fact, not really being looked at by the police. It come, might come as some surprise to you. I'm <laughs> sure it doesn't. We'll be talking about what a ceasefire, by the way, actually means. Uh, because that is going to be apparently the reason for the next demonstration uh, to do with Israel and Gaza this coming weekend. And then finally, we're going to be looking a bit at the COVID inquiry, which has just started, and um, which is at least exercising the minds of the political class, if nothing else. Um, Rafe, first of all, this report by the IEA, I should mention the IEA is the uh, Institute for Economic Affairs, not their usual kind of uh, pitch is it this but in fact it's Mark Lindenning has done a report saying that basically hate crime against well white people is basically really not being taken up by the police that's right it's you know it's stating the bleeding obvious I think for most yeah, people yeah. most of our viewers of course will have always assumed this to be the case and it comes on to, on the back of recent protests which have given further demonstrations of the selective policing we have in this country the two-tier policing what this report essentially says is that although we've had a trebling of non-crime and, and hate crime incidents over the course of the past 10 years uh, these laws are not being applied to those people who make hateful comments about white people including calling for the death of white people uh, so we've seen people, I mean, just, just, this, just this week we've had a, a Scottish gentleman who was arrested for posting a completely harmless video mm. in which he lamented the fact that with the rise of uh, immigrant populations to his part of town, there have been Palestinian flags bedecked across his high street. <clears throat> and for questioning that, he's been arrested. Meanwhile, we had a welfare and diversity officer at a university holding up a sign saying, kill all white men. Mm. And the police chose not to act on that. Mm. And I would ask any reasonable person, ask the man on the Clapham omnibus, mm. which mm. of those two incidents is the more hateful and the more deserving of actual attention? Of course, we've had uh, senior academics at Cambridge University as well and other universities also expressing the most virulent hatred for white people yeah. and for mm -hmm. white men in particular. And the police never have an interest. And yet we see the most minor transgressions, the retweeting of a harmless mm -hmm. limerick. We saw how Harry Miller was mm -hmm. badly dealt with, quite being gender critical, just saying that men shouldn't be in female spaces. The, the opinions that the majority of the society agree with are being penalized. And we're seeing the police choose to interpret um, anti-semitic comments and calls for jihad and the waving of terrorist linked flags in the most lenient way possible we have these police experts who are choosing to interpret hate in the most lenient way possible uh, when it comes to uh, anti-semitic events and when it comes to the treatment of white people mm. yeah I mean it's not only now and what's happening now my fear is for the future and I'm not talking about the long-term future I'm talking about the short-term future uh, we have an education system that uh, right from kindergarten up to um, postgraduate which tells people all along the way that white people are 
poisonous. So you cannot expect police, the judiciary, uh, any of the institutions to support or even give white people a, a, a fair playing field on which to, on which to just live their mm. lives. Mm. There is going to come a point, um, and as, as we're seeing on the streets, <clears throat> As we, as we saw in Liverpool Street uh, Station yesterday, we're, we're filming this on Wednesday, but as we're seeing every, every week with these um, marches and rallies of hatred, you know, you wouldn't want to be a Jew in the middle of all of that kind of thing, but by God, you wouldn't want to be the wrong kind of white person in the middle of that mm, kind of thing mm, either. Mm. So it's the same thing over and over again brown people noble good wonderful white people nasty horrible wicked it's it's this self-repudiation that we go round and round and round and every cycle we have of it every year every academic year every, every child that goes through this cultural mincer it gets worse and worse and worse and there is going to come a point where Vile, actual violence, you're talking about words and you're talking about hate crime, aren't you? But there is going to come a point when actual violence is just going to be kind of nodded along by, you know, stupid plod. Yes, that's all right. Well, you're white. What do you expect? It's your history. Look what you've done, colonialism, mm -hmm. all of those kind of things. That's where we're going. It's that level of stupidity and it's that frightening. Well, I've noticed, by the way, about this, you mentioned Harry Miller, is that, um, and you talked about non-crime hate incidents, this kind of extraordinary thing who's come up in the past years. <clears throat> As I understood it, Harry went to court, right? And one of the rulings on that case, when he's, the police went to him and said, mm. we're gonna check your thinking, was that actually non-crime hate incidents were no longer a thing. Now here we are talking about the mm. fact that they've now, it's 120,000 of these things registered or something. Yeah, it's it, extraordinary. It, it, it's remarkable. I mean, I don't understand why these things are still apparently yeah. being mm. recorded. I mean, mm. other people may correct me as to whether or not there's been a decision on this matter and if mm. it's been explained why, but my understanding was that this ruling meant mm. that they would cease to be recorded. But clearly, uh, police departments, I mean, police you know, brigades, whatever, around the country are still choosing to, to enforce that. And again, all of this just goes to reinforce the growing perception in the public that the police no longer represent us. Mm. I, they I, no longer represent the common mm. man. They no longer represent the majority. Mm. Mm. I think there's more than that. I think there is an absolute utter contempt for the police. Every, every, from all the people, uh, all the comments I see, because I, 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 um, I tweet quite a bit about the police. I tweet obviously about what's, what's going on in uh, Israel and Gaza and, and that's how the police are handling this because all of those Middle Eastern problems are now our problems because they're played out on our streets every day, so it seems. People just despise the police. People on our side despise the police, but the people on the other side who despise weakness also despise the police as well. I, do you know, I, I'm not sure about this, Philip, actually. I mean, when you say people despise, I think that when you are, like we're <coughs> steeped in this all the time and, you know, Yes, I, I certainly uh, have got nothing but contempt mm. for them, for example. But when you well, go I was thinking about you in particular, actually, for well, some well, of the things you, you but when you, Yes, but when you go outside, people sort of say things like, oh, they've got a, well, they've got a very tough job on their hands. You still hear this, you know, that mm. they've got to weigh this and that. So I, I don't know quite... I don't know whether the penny has dropped so much as maybe we might think in that way. 
You know, well, I mean, if you're on Twitter and if you're, uh, you're yeah. speaking to people <coughs> within our echo chamber, yeah, I, I think, I I think there, there probably is something there, and, 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 and maybe you're right. But one thing is certain, right? People aren't scared of consequences anymore. Right. Right. People, right. you can you can do pretty much what you want, and for various reasons. It's not just the police. It's the fact that the the, the prisons are all full. It's the, it's the fact that lefty lawyers will 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 get you off anything, especially if you've got what darker coloured skin. There is something in the air that for me is so dangerous and is so frightening it's mm. that people are not people don't care about consequences anymore and you see it more and more you see it encroaching i know when when we're not just talking about the the the, the um the demonstrations of, of, about israel specifically now but but there is something when when you're seeing this footage on on saturday after saturday after saturday and other days now and in and in in, in the other cities there is something that people feel there's a frisson, isn't there? People feel mm. as though they can push further and push further and well, push it's further. Well, it's a milder version of what we've seen in America with defund the police, yeah. right? Mm. You defund the police, you remove the police from having an active presence, mm. and of course you increase mm. the amount of crime. You know, go back to the broken window syndrome mm. that you had in New York and mm. with, with Giuliani and Bloomberg. Now, we're not defunding the police here, but the police are being ineffectual. They're not mm. acting. They're not being seen mm. to enforce the law. And that serves to embolden those mm. people who want to be more extreme and more radical yeah. and to push the envelope and push the boundary and that's where the fault lies and you know we used to have <coughs> the most respected police in the world you yeah. know we were the only police force really or British Commonwealth forces not to have a paramilitary structure yeah. like mm -hmm. the Italians yeah. or the French or the Germans they were yeah. civilians in yeah. in uniforms mm. and they looked smart as opposed to the, the slovenly yeah. bunch you see today and I think mm. dress serves a lot to inspire confidence actually and I'm not I don't feel confident in police who dress shabbily and also the, the who are too short and I'm sorry the prevalence of, of two small women together mm. does not mm. instill confidence that, I, that they're going to be able to tackle mm. some of these big burly yeah. radicals that, that you see so all of these all of these aspects come into the fact that people don't fear the police mm. now in the mm. 80s you remember those point. smartly dressed chaps were the same ones who were stopping the National Union of Minors mm. and had full-on attacks with them and that, mm. that showed the full muscle whether you agreed with them or not there was <coughs> the muscle of the police there mm. we're not seeing any of that actual muscular strength of the police all that we are seeing is the friendly side of the police and that leads itself open to being abused I, I think this is uh, sorry I, I, I say yes I think um, it's, it's it's wrong to say not that you are but it's wrong to say if anyone does that they're just trying to be compassionate and feeling my feeling is that they have actually gone over to the dark side oh, I, yeah, mean, absolutely. You know, I, I, I really do and mm. I think in some ways you could say what they're doing in this terrible kind of topsy-turvy way we now live they are indeed protecting the majority it's just that the majority is a different majority mm. I mean you know people say they should protect us they have made the calculation surely that there are four million Muslims in this country and there are barely 300,000 Jewish people mm. and so essentially they should be protecting the Jewish people but they sort of thinking no these ones are far more likely to maybe get troublesome mm. and violent mm. and you're never going to get that from mm. no. Jewish people and the demonstrations that you've seen of oh, Jewish yeah. people in London have shown mm. utterly, as usual, kind of completely uh, restrained, civilised, and and uh, you know all of that, as opposed to the other ones. So basically, I think that's what they've they they made that calculation. Yeah, I think. I, I think 
I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think, Rafe, you just put your finger on the, the, the key point when you said fear. The, the, the police are frightened in, in that mm. situation yeah. because they, they're completely overrun. There are, you know, 100,000 mm. people and, and, and a few plot. Mm. Um, the point is, and it comes back to the, the point I made earlier, the mob smells that fear. Mm. The mob smells that fear. So that's on the one hand. We see this cack-handed policing online, the Twitter policing of, of gender critical women and all of that kind of thing. Mm. So on the one hand, the mob smells fear. On the other hand, people see stupidity. They are just not up to doing this. They're not up to engaging in a, in a, a gender critical debate. So they're completely out of their depth. Fear and stupidity, that is precisely what you don't want in a police force. And well, being petrified by political correctness yes. at the same time, which, yes. is, which is crucial. Now, I had a d debate with Aaron Bastani on this, the founder of Novara Media, mm. and he said, oh, and he accused me of not understanding how protests work. And he said, mm. oh, no, the standard police procedure is to observe and film and follow up later. And I said, well, you've been on the wrong protests. <laughs> the protests you go on, that's the policy. <clears throat> but if you went on a lockdown protest, yeah. or if there was an EDL march in 2022, or if you indeed if you went to a vigil for Sarah Everard, the yeah. woman who was murdered by a policeman, mm. there you saw that the rough hand of, of the law and the police, mm. were, you, know, you had 150 arrests at the, at the EDL protest and lockdown, which were far smaller events mm. than these protests where there were only 10 arrests. And it is because the police are think that they're being fearful. But contrast that with France, where mm. you had hundreds of arrests were made, hundreds mm. of people in, in, in prison. The people need, and in Berlin as well, where you saw crowds running away from all of this. Yeah. You need to see strong arms because future protests will then become smaller and smaller mm. as people realize that they can't mess around the way that they are doing now. Yeah, I think it is uh, also, you know, you mentioned uh, about this, this guy who was basically arrested at night mm. for allegedly we have to say that allegedly posting this thing on on mm. facebook um have you seen the video i've seen it it's very mild stuff he's just you know he uses a bit of bad language you know whatever but in fact when you look at the cops who've gone to see him and in fact at one point because they go outside his house at one point there were about six of them there mm. about six of them you know they're always complaining oh we're stretched yeah they managed to go to this guy's for posting something on facebook well it, it's and the same thing sorry to interrupt but it's the same thing as uh, the the autistic child who, who who said that one of the police women looked like her lesbian nan yeah uh, and they were there mob-handed and and yes. you know they were they were so offended at this poor autistic yeah. child just saying what she saw you yeah, know yeah. it's exactly the same yes. thing isn't it where are they on the street yeah, exactly. well where are six policemen to arrest one autistic child or a, this poor Scottish gentleman and then you only have a thousand to police a, a protest with a hundred thousand yeah. when they've got a 35,000 strong met mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. so used to policing Notting Hill Carnival mm -hmm. for example where there were 275 mm -hmm. arrests and then and they're so used to asking for help from neighboring police forces when they need it mm -hmm. there was just absolutely no desire to police this effectively yeah it actually as well you know uh, these uh, disruptions to railway <coughs> stations uh, I walked into one at uh, Waterloo last Saturday I was going to the uh, Battle of Ideas and went straight into it and essentially it was about two or three hundred people sitting on the causeway there of Waterloo and the police were all around many police but absolutely not touching them and they were all chanting and everything all sitting down very celebratory mood I might yeah. add and all of that which you think is just a bit indecent given what they're you know yeah. whatever they're talking about um, but um, the police absolutely can take them 
there. They can absolutely get them for, a, uh, I think it's some, um, if you obstruct the working of infrastructure such mm. as rail, such as transport, uh, you know, they can be nicked, yeah. right? And there was no chance to this. So they're choosing not to nick them. So yes, exactly. So they then <coughs> went along to Liverpool Street mm. and um, who's to say that they don't start, you know, basically targeting like just stop oil mm. specific things i mean i was horrified by this demonstration outside mns in glasgow mm. and 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 people were trying to work out for sure this thing is it actually just pure coincidence that they're outside marks and spencer's a jewish owned mm. store Jew co-funded by a Jew mm. jewish man um is it just that or is it not to me it looked like they were actually like really oh, they, they've, they've, got, they've got lots of previous of, of boycotting marks and spencers and and and, and chanting and, and marching outside marks and spencers they've been doing that for donkey they, years yeah i mean they, they they claim that marks and spencers gives, gives yeah. money to israel and has all of its products in fact avocados and so forth deliberately coming from israel so there's a, mm. a connection there but of course on a similar vein we saw uh, mcdonald's yeah, uh, attacked with, yes, uh, with yeah. buckets of mice mm. painted in the Palestinian colours, uh, as because again they were angry with the fact that in Israel the McDonald's had been had been giving out free meals. Mm. Now these McDonald's are all franchises; they're mm. not connected to yeah. Israel, you know. Yeah. And the ones in Kuwait and pa and in, in the Middle East had actually been raising funds or doing stuff for for, for Gaza. And this this poor franchise owner that was attacked with mice could well be Muslim for all we know. Mm -hmm. His employees mm -hmm. could well be Muslim, and these poor minimum wage people are having to go around and clear up all these mice mm -hmm. uh, because of this deranged action by somebody who's so limited in their knowledge of actually what's going on. Well, that is the other thing, people. It's it, people's extraordinary ignorance is being kind of revealed, isn't it? I mean, Ben Shapiro. There's a clip of Ben Shapiro. Uh, debating at the Oxford Union, I think it is, um, with a woman who basically knows nothing actually about the history and mm. he reveals it beautifully in that mm. way. Um, today, this is going out uh, Saturday, uh, there's another one of these demonstrations happening. The basis apparently of, of it is calling for a ceasefire, yeah. right? Now, to your average person in the street, well, what's wrong with the ceasefire? Mm. You know, n no more bloodshed. But this doesn't quite mean no. exactly a ceasefire, does it? There's always a, a particular kind of person who is very vociferous, vociferously calling for a ceasefire. It's it's Jeremy Corbyn, it's Chris Williamson, it's all of those people. What it means is giving Hamas a free pass. Let's let's not, you know, let let's leave Hamas to regroup and carry on. It's it's a it's. Obviously, nobody wants civilians, you know, uh, civilian collateral damage. Nobody wants that. But if you do not take Hamas out and you do not take them out now, the same thing, another pogrom is going to happen again. More civilians are going to get hurt. The key thing for these people is to blame the Israelis for, for all of the, the devastation mm -hmm. that's happening in Gaza. What they don't say is, and it's the most obvious thing in the world, that you know Hamas have their military emplacements in hospitals, in schools. Hamas, they, it, they're not interested. All they want to do is target civilians. Yeah. You know, everything they do is a war crime, and yet people are calling for Israel to stop the bombing, stop. You know, as as, as though the the pogrom 
was meaningless and and of, of course they're not going to want to kind of take Hamas out it's 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 extraordinary the way these people use this weaponize this idea of ceasefire it's actually to push back on the Israelis and, mm. and what nobody the on the left is willing to admit is that Hamas does not care about the Palestinian no, people of course they don't. it mm. deliberately puts puts its bases underneath hospitals and schools mm. and so forth mm. because it knows that when the Israelis attack the media narrative will change and Israel will become the enemy and it knows full well what's going on and it's willing to put the lives yeah. of Palestinians at risk that's why for example Palestinians can't leave Gaza mm. in order for Palestinians to go into Egypt you know as I've said many times before mm. people like Owen Jones call Gaza an open-air prison one of those prison walls is with Egypt mm. and yet to leave uh, Gaza to Egypt you need to have the consent both of Egypt and of Hamas mm. and so people may people may not even realize that dual nationals haven't been allowed to leave Gaza. So if you have a British passport or a German passport, you've been stuck in Gaza all of this time, which I think is, is absolutely outrageous. Now, why is that being done? Because Hamas and the Egyptians and the Arabs do not want to depopulate Gaza. Mm -hmm. Because if it's depopulated, it strengthens the hand of Israel to say, oh, well, there are not many Palestinians here oh, in the yeah, first place. Yeah. So they're actually put, making Palestinians into pawns, political mm. pawns, threatening thousands of lives by not allowing them into Egypt. It's the first part of their military strategy is the human shield. You know, mm. that, that's, that's what they've got. That's mm. their, you know, that's their gambit. That's their opening gambit. One of the one of the interesting things about this is, you know, when you're having these debates or you're listening to, to these people talking about it, they know precisely what they're talking about. They know what they mean mm. when it's ceasefire. Mm. We've moved away from any kind of well-meaning honest political debate we've we're actually taking on the, the 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 spirit and and the ideology the 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 might is right of the um of the middle east you know we we, we take we're, we're appropriating we mean in our political that. yeah we're life. appropriating that into our political discourse now aren't we mm. and we're being so dishonest um it's it's really quite worrying to see it, it's there's a there's a sense of the um, that I'm trying to think of the word um, we're not only adopting a Middle Eastern political philosophy or ideology we're adopting a Middle Eastern sensibility as well mm. and it's this idea that might is right and and that um, uh, infidels don't matter and Jews are, are, are pushed into the sea all of those radical left-wing commentators are actually arguing along those lines they're mm. being you know they're being dishonest about it but underneath it that's exactly mm. what they're mm. saying yes no I think uh, yes the the idea of good faith mm. uh, uh, in, in debates entirely, entirely gone uh, just uh, by way of just uh, ending here last week we talked a little bit about Keir Starmer. It also seems slightly indecent to, to start going on about Westminster politics at this point. <laughs> However, having said that, it is quite interesting, isn't it? This ceasefire thing. He's not going for a ceasefire. Mm. What it's done, it's kind of cracked open the Labour Party. Mm. And to speak in an electoral fashion for a while, this might actually be really bad for Labour because the, the Muslim vote has plummeted and mm. Muslim support for Labour has plummeted mm. and he's now facing this thing whereby he's trying to ride two horses at once mm. which is hasn't he always done that he's always done don't that. you think 
Yes, but I think actually this has been a good week for Keir Starmer. Um, he, he delivered a speech this week in which he, as you said, reinforced that he wasn't in support of a ceasefire, but he also at the same time did extend some sort of olive branch to the, uh, to the, to the Muslim side mm -hmm. and the left by saying, look, Israel hasn't got a blank check. It has to allow supplies and so forth. Mm -hmm. And this is a war against Hamas. It's not a war against Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And the mathematics are actually on his side because the only hope he has of becoming a, uh, the prime minister of a governing majority government is to have the centre ground on side, mm. and mathematically, the centre ground is a lot larger mm. than the, the, the votes of four million mm. or four million Muslims. Mm. And you know, where it will hurt the Labour Party is on the council level, because Labour councils in the north of England are very much dominated by, by Muslims. But there's not really, because we don't have this Muslim party that's been touted recently, um, mm. there's nowhere really for the Muslim vote to go. And I think mm. Muslim hatred for the Tories mm. may, will probably end up with them voting Labour mm. uh, at the end of the day. But actually, in the long run, I think this is his way of demonstrating to the rest of the British public that he's doing everything he can to cleanse the party of the evil corrosive stain of anti-Semitism that marked it under Jeremy Corbyn's mm. leadership. Mm. Although. I think that the same people are absolutely there. Well, uh, we're seeing them there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, they'll never go. And, and mm. I think the, the internal strife and, and infighting in the Labour Party is just going to intensify and intensify and intensify. Good, as far as I'm concerned. But that, well, I think he wants to see that. My point is, I think they're actually happy about this conflict mm. because it's showing the rest of us that he's not going to kowtow to them mm. and that he means to take them on. And I think that's mm. actually what where that's the strategy. And I think mm. it's working. Mm. Well, yes, COVID didn't really get a look in this week, actually. Uh, but you're really sad about that. But um, we will talk about it, the inquiry, next time, I think. Um, but anyway, watch this space. Great viewing figures for this show at the moment, and indeed for everything on the channel. Um, and um, please, because obviously we are giving a strong view, and one maybe you don't get on, on the mainstream TV. Anyway, thank you. Thanks for thank you, Ed. and uh, we shall see you uh, next time. Bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future. But we can't do it without your support. From as little as three pounds per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.